Well, I'm excited about the Word of the Lord this morning. If you're excited about hearing the Word of God, stand to your feet this morning. Well, on my way into the auditorium this morning, I was met by a cute little young lady, and she said, Pastor, she said, I am excited about the Word of God today, and she said, my expectations are way up here. Let me tell you what, if your expectations are way up here, it goes a long way to what you receive, amen? And I'm going to tell you something, when I know there are people out there with their expectations up there, that makes me pick up my game a little bit too, all right? And when I get a little feedback from people, amen, that, you know, that's just kind of like saying sick them to a dog, you know, so, so let me, uh, I need your help this morning. I know it's Memorial Weekend, I know there's a lot of people gone, although this is a good crowd uh, anyway this morning, but I appreciate so much your participation Uh, and feedback this morning. Well, look in the book of Acts chapter 3 this morning. The book of Acts chapter number 3. We're going to begin reading with verse number 11. Acts chapter number 3 began reading with verse number 11. The Bible says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran toward to all the people ran together to them in the porch which is called Solomon's greatly amazed so when peter saw it he responded to the people men of israel why do you marvel at this or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk the god of abraham isaac and jacob the god of our fathers glorified his servant jesus whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was uh, determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know, yes, the faith which comes through him, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who has preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your 
iniquities. Father, we thank you for your incredible and your infallible uh, word. Father, I just pray today once again that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray that you'll give us ears to hear the word. God, we will not only hear, but we will heed the word of God. We'll be doers of your word, not only hearers. All for the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people, again, says praise the Lord, and you may be reseated today. Well, this morning we are going to continue a sermon series that I'm calling Take Action. We are walking through the book of Acts, which is an action-packed book. Now, last week we looked at the first ten verses of Acts chapter And in these verses, it recorded the story of the healing of the lame man at the beautiful gate of the temple. Well, in today's scripture, it records what followed uh, the miraculous healing of this lame man. And in these verses, there are are three things that I want to shine a spotlight on this morning. Three things. I want to highlight from the scriptures, from the verses that we have just read. And the first one, and the first thing I want to shine a spotlight on this morning is the value. I want us to notice the value. Let's look at verse number 11 again. It says, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. Notice the phrase, held on to Peter and John. Say, held on. See, see the lame man who is now healed valued Peter and John. See, see, Peter and John had brought to this man and had brought to this man's life something that, that no other person ever had. And this lame man's life was forever changed because of what Peter and John had imparted to him. And this lame man valued this impartation. Hear me this morning. I don't think we value the people who have imparted wisdom and knowledge and encouragement to us. I I don't think that we value these people like we should. I'm not sure that we even recognize the people uh, that have spoken positively into our lives. The people that have influenced us, the people that have invested in us, the people that, that have actually improved us through their spoken words and through their consistent example. I want to challenge all of us this morning to do three things. First thing I want to challenge us to do is, and that is we should honor the people who add value to our lives. Romans chapter number 13 and verse number 7 says to give honor to whom honor is due. But let me ask you this morning, when was the last time that you said thank you to somebody who has added value to your life? Let me ask you this this morning, why do we have, why, why do we wait until somebody dies? Or they move. 
or they resign. Why do we wait till times like this in order to recognize the value they bring to our lives or the value that they bring to our organization? How often has someone been stolen from an organization by another organization because the other organization saw value in someone that their present organization didn't seem to see? Somebody said you don't miss the water till the well runs dry. Sometimes we don't appreciate the water that we have in our well. And sometimes we don't realize what we have until it's gone. I can tell you that more than one, more than one husband uh, who has gone through divorce has told me I didn't realize what I had until I lost it. How many pastors lose? associates and staff members to other churches because they didn't understand the value of what they had. They didn't understand uh, the importance and the value that that staff member added to that church, but some other church recognized that value and stole it out from under them. But not only should we honor the people who add value to our lives, but also we should heed the wisdom They impart to us. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 9, Paul writes and he says, he says, the things which you learned and you received and you heard and you saw in me, Paul says, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. See, see, it's not enough just to hear wisdom. We must also heed wisdom. Think about this this morning. What, what if you went to the doctor and you were sick and you went to the doctor and your doctor and you described to your doctor all of your symptoms and, and after you described to the doctor all of your symptoms, then he prescribes for you a method of treatment. You hear the prescribed treatment, but you don't heed the prescribed treatment. What happens? You remain sick. See, see, the only way that you're going to get well is if you heed the prescribed treatment that you hear. See, see pe- people come in here every single Sunday and they hear Dr. Benson, uh, you know, prescribe biblical treatment for their life's illnesses. You didn't know I was Dr. Benson, did you? I am literally M.D. Benson. Michael Don Benson. I am M.D. Benson. My problem is the M.D. is before my name instead of behind my name. You say, what's the difference? Well, about a half a million a year. But people come in here every single Sunday and they hear, they hear Dr. Benson prescribe biblical treatment for their life's uh, illnesses, but only those who heed what they hear is going to be healed. 
We're talking about the value right now. The lame man in Acts 3 valued Peter and John. They, the Bible says they held on to them. The, the Bible says they stuck close to them. Oh, oh, he recognized the value oh, that, they, that they added to his life. Notice the third thing here. We should halt all unhealthy relationships. Now, I know I talk about that a lot, but it's because it's so important. You see, the older that I get, the more I understand the importance of right relationships. I cannot overemphasize the importance of aligning ourselves with the right people. Because people can make us or people can break us. We will rise or we will fall based upon the relationships that we develop. Because people influence us. They either influence us for the better or they influence us for the worse. People either build us up or they tear us down. Proverbs 13 and 20, one of my favorite scriptures says, Walk with the wise and you become wise. Associate with fools and you'll get yourself into trouble. So let me challenge you this morning to take inventory of the people that you are constantly hanging out with. Take inventory of them. Listen to the words that continually come out of their mouths. Are they positive or are they negative? Are they uplifting words or are they critical words? Not only do you need to listen to the words that come out of their mouth, but then you need to watch their actions and reactions. Are they quick to praise or are they quick to pout? Are they quick-tempered or are they patient and kind? And then take a look at their fruit. Take a look at their fruit. Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. So look at their fruits and ask yourself, are they bearing good fruit or are they bearing bad fruit? Ask yourself, are they successful or are they constantly struggling? Now, listen, listen. Everybody has their times of struggle. But for some, their struggle seems to be never-ending and mostly because of poor choices. I ask you this morning, is this what you want for your life? Because if you keep hanging with them, you will become just like them. The Bible says in our story here that the lame man who became the healed man in Acts chapter 3, the Bible says that he received an impartation from two men like he had never experienced before. And because of that, this man, the Bible said, valued this impartation by holding on. The Bible said he held on to Peter and to John, that he had received something from them that he had never received from anybody else in his life. And so he wasn't going to let them go. And so he held on to them. There's some people in our lives we need to hold on to. And there's some people in our lives we need to turn loose of. First thing I see in our scripture for today is the value. Second thing that I want to highlight in this passage this morning, and that is I want us to notice the view. The view, and the view is found in verse 11. 
and 12. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? When the people saw this miracle that came through the hands of Peter and John, the Bible says that they came running up towards them. See, see, the people viewed Peter and John as some type of superheroes. Let me share three things this morning we need to understand about people. Three things we need to understand about people and how we view them. First of all, people are not as they appear to be. People are not as they appear to be. Help me understand, appearances can be very deceptive. The people looked at Peter in Acts 3 and viewed him as some type of superhero. They might have even looked behind him to see if he was wearing a cape. Well, you know what? They should see him in Luke 22 when he denied his Lord three times in one day. See, see, sometimes we look at people and, and we think, man, man, they have it all together. We think, man, they're like some kind of super saint. But appearances can be very deceptive. See, see here's what I've discovered, and that is people only allow us to see what they want us to see. What we need to understand is that everybody has struggles. What we need to understand is that we're all a mess in our own way. See, see, some people have a speck in their eye and some people have a boulder in their eye, but we all have eye trouble. People are not what they appear to be. Let me, let me let you in on a little secret. And the secret is I'm not as good as some of you think I am. Because some of you treat me like I'm just right under the Trinity. You know, there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Pastor. I, I, I'm telling you, sometimes it's embarrassing the way some people honor me. Some people. A few people. But let me, let, let me, let me let you in on a little secret. I'm, I'm not as good as some of you think I am. And I want to tell you also, I'm not as bad as some of you think I am. See, see I might be a bulldog, but my bark is much worse than my bite.
Sometimes we place people on a pedestal. Hey, hey, we should have mentors and we should have people that we look up to and we should have people that we respect and we should have people that we go to for counsel. But we need to understand that people are people. People are people and people have flaws. All people have flaws. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor says you have flaws. And let me tell you that after over 13 years, I can tell you what some of your flaws are. And after watching me for over 13 years, I guarantee you, you can tell me what some of my flaws are. Or we all have flaws. But we get this self-righteous attitude because, because your flaw is not my flaw. And so I can see your flaw, but I don't see my flaw. I'm giving you three things we need to understand about people. Number one, people are not what they appear to be. Number two, people need to be accepted for who they are. Now, hear me this morning. I'm not talking about giving everyone a get-out-of-jail-free card for their sin. That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about giving everybody a license to run their mouth. I'm simply saying that we should accept people for who they are. And we need to give people some grace. I'll never forget, it's been a while now, but I'll never forget having a conversation with my wife. We're talking about a certain person, and I said, yeah, and I brought up something, and my wife said, do you understand that was 20 years ago? (laughs) Don't you think maybe they've changed? And even though they probably haven't, I don't know they haven't. Because the greatest indicator of what a, what a person will do is what they have done. We need to focus on the positives of a person instead of the negatives. See, here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that if I look close enough, I can find flaws in every person. Now, don't throw anything at me, but if I look close enough at Billy Graham, I could find flaws in Billy Graham. Now, he definitely is the one right under the Trinity, right? But I've discovered that if I look close enough, I can find flaws in every single person. But I've also discovered that if I look close enough, I can find some good things in every single person. See, see, how we get along with people and how we view people is determined by which parts of them that we choose to focus on. I'm giving you three things we should understand about people. Number one, people are not what they appear to be. Number two, people need to be accepted for who they are. And number three, people accomplish more when they work within their giftings.
You've heard me say this many times. You'll hear me say it many other times in the future. But God has given to each and every one of us gifts, talents, and abilities. And the unique gifts and the unique talents and the unique abilities that we have should be a clue as to what God wants to do with our life. It's a clue to what God wants us to spend our life doing. It's a clue to our God-given life's mission. We also need to understand that God has also given all of us our unique personality. And that personality was given to us at conception. I mean, you know, those of you that have babies, it's not long until you figure out, you know, this little child has a personality, you know. It may be the laid back one, it may be the assertive, whatever, but, you know, it doesn't take long. God has given to us our unique personality. And this, too, is a clue as to God's will and God's design and God's destiny for our life. And people accomplish more when they work within their giftings and God-given personality. For example, for for example, if you need a leader to lead you out of a bad situation, then you need to look within the ranks of those who possess a choleric or type A personality. Someone that is willing to take the bull by the horns. Somebody that's willing to step up and take charge. Somebody that loves a challenge. That's who you need. Not one amen. On the other hand, if you need some deep, detailed, problem solved, then you need to find someone in the ranks of the melancholy personality who thinks very deeply and understands the most minute details. That's who you need. On the other hand, if you need somebody as your upfront man or your upfront person, somebody, you need somebody that has good stage presence. You need somebody that has some charisma. You need somebody uh, who can engage people. You need somebody that is a people person. Then what you need to do is then you need to look within the ranks of the happy-go-lucky sanguine. And if you need a steady eddy, Somebody to oil the machinery. Somebody to work with the nuts and the bolts of the operation. And there's always a lot of nuts in all the organizations. You need somebody to, you know, just to oil the machinery and somebody to work within with the nuts and the bolts of the operation. Then, then you need to look within the ranks of the phlegmatic personality type. Although they may not like the stage, they may not like the spotlight, yet they are really, really good at getting the stage ready and running the spotlight. And how many know that it's just important to run the spotlight is to be in the spotlight? And if you don't think it's important to run the spotlight, you ought to try running the spotlight. And the person in the spotlight don't like what you're doing. They'll let you know how important your job is. See, sometimes we look at our personality and we think, man, I wish I had their personality. I wish I had their personality. Why didn't I have their personality? But God has uniquely blessed us and given us our unique personality. You know, I could be offended at being called a bulldog, but I'm not offended at all bother me at all. I'm not biting anybody. <laughs> but God does put me in places where the lap dog's not going to get the job done. 
Understand that we are uniquely and wonderfully made. God made us the way we are, and He designed us for, for His divine purpose for our life. And I can't be a very good somebody else, but I can be a pretty good me. I can be a whole lot better me than I can be an imitation of somebody else. And so I need to understand and recognize who I am and who God made me to be. And then I need to find jobs, amen, or a career or a ministry or something that is in line with my gifts, my talents, my abilities, and my unique personality. And you know what? I've not just had to look for those things. It seems like those jobs have come looking for me. And they'll do the same for you. See, what we need to understand is there's a place for everyone and things run best when everyone is in their place. People accomplish more when they work within their giftings and in line with their God-given personality. People become frustrated and people uh, become frustrated when they begin to, sh- and they begin to struggle when, when they try to work outside their giftings and God-given personality. See, see, Peter was outgoing and Peter was outspoken. Evidently, John was not. Peter was a people person. And it was Peter's outgoing personality that caused him to connect with this lame man. Doesn't say that John connected with him. Peter connected with him. Because he's a people person. Our youth pastor is a people person. When I interviewed him for this position, me and the rest of the staff, and then I did some on my own, and we sat for a couple of hours talking, and then after that, then we, we went over to Starbucks and get, some, get something to drink and talk some more. And So I, you know, I, I stand up there and order, and he orders, and I go sit down. Five minutes later, I'm thinking, where is this turkey? (laughs) Doesn't he know he's being interviewed? Where is he? You know where he was? He was still at the cash register talking to the cash register person. Why? Because he's a people person. Amen? Got a couple of those guys on my staff. Both ADD too. See, see, it was Peter's outgoing personality that caused him to connect with this layman and to eventually be able to say to him, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. See, people accomplish more when they work within their giftings and their God-given personality. All right, we're spotlighting three things in Acts chapter 3, verse 11 through 26. The first thing we spotlighted was the value. The second was the view. The third thing we're going to spotlight this morning is the verification. And the verification is found in verses 12 through 26. I'm not going to take the time to reread all of these verses, but I do want to point out three things I find contained in these verses. The first thing that I find in these verses is, and that is Peter was quick to refuse credit for the miracle. We'll find that in verse number 12. I will reread that verse. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man 
walk. See, see, Peter would not allow the people to view him and John as superheroes. He would not allow them to place him on a pedestal. Listen, listen, some of our high-profile uh, superstar preachers today need to take a lesson from Peter. See, although people in full-time ministry should be honored for the position that they hold, they should not be placed on a pedestal, and they themselves should not allow this to happen, and they certainly should not demand undue attention or lavish lifestyles as some are doing today. I will tell you that when some person puts you on the pedestal, there's somebody else to take you right down. I will tell you that. I promise I got both. Reminds me of the couple that was leaving church on Sunday and the wife walks by the pastor and she's just bubbling over and she says, oh, pastor, it was just so good today and you were just such a, oh, your message today, your sermon today was just so wonderful, it was just so rich, it was so powerful, it was just so awesome. She said, she said oh, pastor, she says, I'm just full up to here. Her husband walked by and said, yeah, I got my belly full of it too. (laughs) I promise you, if somebody puts you on a pedestal, there's somebody that'll come by and knock you off. Guaranteed. Not only was Peter quick to refuse credit for the miracle, Peter was quick to remind the people of Jesus. We find this in verse number 13. He says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Peter was quick to turn the attention away from himself and on to Jesus. See, Peter knew who the source of the lame man's healing was, and he was quick to place a spotlight on the source. Listen to me this morning, saints. Jesus should be the focus of every single sermon. Jesus should be the focus of every single song. Jesus should be the focus of every single service. Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up, he said, I will draw all men unto me. Two things we need to notice here, and that is that it's Jesus that should be lifted up. It's Jesus that should be spotlighted. It's Jesus that should be glorified. And the second thing we need to notice here, and that is that all men should be drawn to him and not to us. It's amazing to watch some uh, mega church when they had some superstar minister. It's, 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 It's interesting to watch that if he dies or he retires or he moves on, it's interesting to see, to see how the church goes once he's gone. Now, there are many things that factor into this, but one of the things that factor into it is this. Did he build the church on Jesus, or did he build the church on himself? If he built the church on himself and his own charisma and his own personality, when he is gone from there, the church will go down. But if he built the church on the solid rock, Christ Jesus, once he's gone, not only will the church survive, but it could possibly thrive. So we need to understand that we need to draw the attention and draw the focus onto Jesus and not onto us. Funny story, years ago, we were pastoring another church and we had the Harvester Choir. Of course, the Harvester Choir is singers from our own 
Bible College, actually university now down here in Waxahachie, and they're a traveling singing ministry. And we had one of the girls in our church who had a fabulous voice. She was at Southwestern, and she was a member of the Harvester Choir. And so, and so, of course, of course, I had the Harvester Choir come in because Rhonda would be with them, and I wanted to honor Rhonda and honor Rhonda's parents. And and the Harvesters were great. Well, tradition in the Harvester Choir is when you're at your own home church, you get to introduce a song. So Rhonda is in her, own, in her home church that we pastored, and it is her turn to introduce a song, but Rhonda is nervous. And so Rhonda bumbles and fumbles about being glad to be back in the home church and blah, 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 and, and she's kind of fumbling and bumbling around, and then she says, she says uh, and y'all worship us as we sing. Now, she meant to say, y'all worship as we sing, but she said, y'all worship us as we sing. I don't know about you, but I've, I've seen a few singers, amen, I think that's really what they meant. You worship me as I sing. Or some preachers, you worship me as I preach. Peter, Peter, oh, he was quick to remind the people of Jesus that it wasn't about Peter and John. It was about Jesus. Let me tell you this morning, it's not about me. It's not about our staff. It's not about our church. Let me tell you what it's all about. Our focus this morning is upon Jesus Christ. Amen. He's our Savior and he's our Lord. Amen. Amen. He is our soon coming King. Our focus is on Jesus today. Talking about the verification right now, Peter was quick to refuse credit for the miracle. He was quick to remind the people of Jesus, and finally and quickly, Peter was quick to recite the way of salvation. And Peter does this in verses 13 through 26. Two things Peter tells them to do. First of all, he says to repent of their sin. He says that in verse number 19. You don't hear much about repentance today. Peter told them to repent of their sin. And the second thing that he told them to do, he said, was to recognize Jesus as Savior. If we could get the personnel, the platform personnel back up this morning very quickly, very quietly. Would you stand with me in his presence this morning, everyone standing? Also, if we could get the prayer team in place this morning at the strategic places you're supposed to be. The takeaway for the message today, number one, we should learn to understand true value. We should learn to understand true value. We should value, we should honor the people that bring encouragement to us and instruction to us, people that invest in our life. We should value them and they should understand, they should know that we value them. And we should learn to view people correctly. It's all right to have mentors. We should have them. It's, we should honor those that are in authority over us. But we should understand that people are people and people are flawed. All of us, every single one of us are flawed. Not one single person will get into heaven because of their righteousness. Every single person that makes it to heaven will get there by the righteousness of Jesus Christ and Him only. And then we should learn to verify the truth. 
Father, I just pray that you'll take the word that has been shared this morning. God, not the sermon necessarily that that I put together, but the true word of God.